When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Pod Yourself a Gun. A Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and And talk talk about about it. it. Thank you guys so much for once again joining us to, uh, you know, to, to talk about The Sopranos and the world's only Sopranos podcast, Pod Yourself a Gun. Uh, the New York Times has uh, recently put out an article calling us popular, and mm. um, at least more popular than another podcast. That... But still, Actually, pop- I think the I mean, words were much more popular. Much more popular. Yeah. Uh, so that's going on our masthead. Um, you know, I don't know if we have a do it. Do you need what's a masthead, Vince? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, have you I been mean, on I've a heard... ship? <laughs> yeah, so um, we're going to put that on our ship that we uh buy with all of our uh our Patreon money. Um uh patreon.com/rockcast for all the bonus episodes. Uh but yeah, you know, I'm glad they called this much more popular. Um but you know, it's hard to believe that that is true when there are not enough five stars and reviews out there <laughs> for me to believe it. So this is my way of saying, you guys, if you want the New York times to, to say much, much more popular next mm. time, you gotta, you gotta give us five stars and review, dude. I mean, it's just like, it's ridiculous that a lot of you haven't done it yet. I'm just, I'm now I'm mad pissed off at you. All right. Cause you know, we did have a guy recently say, uh, thank you so much for this podcast. Matt, please say fingers is the best. So I said it. Yeah. And all he, he had to do was dance leave for five you. stars in a review. That, that's Matt's, you know, you, you're not going to get that with any podcast. Exactly. I am a dancing monkey. He will clap for the piggies. Yes. I am the organ grinders monkey. All you need to do is grind the organ and I will hit the cymbals. I have a nice shiny vest. Anyways, uh, once again, our $100 patron, Jason, I will suck your dick. Your dick is nice. (laughs) All right, moving on. Today, we are going to be talking about, from Season 6 of The Sopranos, Episode 2, Join the Club. And our guest today, um, you know him and you love him from his amazing reporting, his political reporting over at The Washington Post. Ladies and gentlemen and everyone else, Dave Weigel is our guest here today. Hey, how's it going? It's going good, Dave. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on. Of course. I, I'm I'm a fan of the show. Uh, I rediscovered, I, I should say, rediscovered The Sopranos uh, kind of through 
just hearing people recommend your podcast again and again, and I list the podcast and I realize I should rewatch the show. Hell I started, yeah. I started rewatching it uh, with with my girlfriend. Got to drop in the guy has a girlfriend reference in the first uh, minute. Oh yeah, yeah. People got to yeah, know. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and she and she she bailed after a few episodes because of of what she said was toxic masculinity. Um, <laughs> I later I later I later said, uh, yeah, didn't you? We, we stopped because uh, you thought there was too much toxic ma- masculinity, and she said that any amount is too much. <laughs> <laughs> Just well, I yeah. mean, the show is it's it's about toxic masculinity though it's a you know it's yeah. like that's i mean they could the set point. it in a parallel universe where toxic masculinity doesn't exist but uh you know we leave that for the science fiction writers right yeah exactly this is not that show you know this is a show about uh a toxic masculinity and uh the fragile male ego mm-hmm. um but also about like titties and meat Mm-hmm. and and respect it's a big show about respect so i mean i understand that some people you know they just can't finish it you know there's too it's too much toxicity not for me yeah i too, say too the much more respect yeah too much too much too many italian americans that's a problem for a lot of people yeah. Oh, totally totally yeah. that's i mean that's for me the biggest <laughs> speed bump i'm oh. just like all oh, these italians <laughs> usually don't get this many in one place at least you spread right. them out yeah what is this a buco de beppo you know mm. get ahead of here <laughs> uh anyways no, um but I, oh you're about to ask me more about the show i don't need to interrupt you about it yes please <laughs> i mean i was just gonna ask you i mean you're a reporter i'm a reporter you know and so <laughs> i'm gonna ask you a great question um that i think you know millions of reporters worldwide have asked people they've interviewed uh do you like the sopranos I, I I like The Sopranos. Uh, all right, good, good to talk to you guys later. All right, now, bye. I, I, <laughs> I always did. So I'm old enough. I'm I'm 40 now, and uh, I didn't have HBO when it first came on. I'm trying to mm-hmm. you know, try remember which house, which group house I lived in, or whatever. I think we had we definitely watched. See, me and friends watched the final season together at somebody's house, but I mostly w- was buying it on these DVDs that would come out uh, around Christmas, and it was it was kind of a bonding experience for me and, and my dad. Uh, and anyone, anyone who lived through the DVD era has this, you know, Prouse Madeline memory of mm. the DVD menu incessantly playing the first bars of the theme song, uh, <laughs> over images of people, you know, just walking out of cars mostly. Yeah. And, and my dad, this is more specific to me, I guess, the memory of my dad, but my dad kind of turning to me at like 1am be like, I, I think we could do another one. really into it i feel like we didn't either didn't have sleep timers or we didn't discover the tv sleep timer until like 2012 so Mm. anything that happened before that uh you know you're just gonna hear that dvd menu uh music looping forever because that's what you fall asleep to yeah no that stuff um i think dvd players had a sleep menu before tvs did you know, so if you were lucky, you got a DVD player that eventually was like, this guy's dead. Yeah. This and guy then they would just cannot show handle... the DVD logo, like kind of like hitting all the corners like a screensaver. <laughs> this guy cannot I, well, handle although... another eight bars of the uh, Arrested Development theme song <laughs> intro. Although if you click the menu, uh, which would restart the process and make it worse. But if you click the menu, it would go from the song to 
just the the end of the song so like like the, you know the weird noises <laughs> the song. so that's also just in, in an intrusive thought that comes to me like three or four times a day that the was floaty sound at the end of the song and i gotta say that was a really good impression yeah, of it did we like, have, i didn't know we had michael winslow on the show today <laughs> yeah, do a helicopter tell us about uh, the set of police academy <laughs> No, that was a really good impression. Well, that was what the the Alabama three thought. They're like, you know, that sound it makes when your modem's trying to connect. Uh, We should make a song out of that. Yeah, people love that sound because it means the internet's about to happen. (laughs) But yeah, it is. uh, It is. I remember. I mean, that was the thing. I think. You know, I almost I, I want to say I feel bad for all of the like, you know, TV and movie distribution companies. I don't. But like there was a time where I think I have four or five seasons of The Sopranos on DVD on the in the individual DVD set. Right. Yeah. And then I have the entire box set of the entire series. So I have like two to three hard copies of the Sopranos yeah. bought at different times for different like well, holidays, birthdays, Christmas, whatever. That was and when so, you could actually yeah. own shows. And if they did a blackface uh, accidentally, like you would still have evidence you would have of a it. Proof. Now they just, uh, you know, you, you now they, they, will, they will retcon it. that and they will yeah. take it back from you because right. you don't it, get to own it, that anymore. Yeah. They're like, uh, we need to erase the existence, but uh, you know, sorry, 30 rock. <laughs> I got it. It is forever on a hard copy. So canceled. Um, another uh, great Sopranos question. Um, so who are your guys? Uh, like who's uh, who's your favorite uh, Sopranos guy or girl? Uh, is it a cliche to say Pauly? I mean, I'm just I'm just really dumb, and he has the funniest one-liners. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is not a cliche. It's, it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's not incorrect. Uh, exactly. It just. <laughs> Like things I can quote and things I can't. Although uh, the 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 line I, I I always and I I would just sometimes just go find a YouTube clip of of this part is when he's uh, this immaculate scene uh, when he's he's I think they're at the you know the rec room at the bang or whatever and he 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 points to uh, Vito and Bobby the side profile both looking just enormous yeah. just like like with centers you know like they have gravitational pull and and he and he goes. Hey, look at this. It's like a weight loss ad before <laughs> and way before. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. But like the scene itself, we're not just described as Sopranos scenes, but to me, the part that elevates that and makes the Sopranos truly great is uh, him doing the, hey, did you hear what I said? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's looking at going, yeah, before and after. And like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the second funniest is the, uh, is, is she was a malignant seawood. No disrespect. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but just, yeah. he's, he's full of that my second favorite is probably little carmine for the same mm. I just, oh yeah these writers just had uh incredible ability to evoke dumb guy mindset yeah uh and i like the i mean i've i've on the rewatch because i kept doing the rewatch because dudes rock you know it doesn't Absolutely. matter my, um i really appreciate more just the character building of tony uh just the 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 poisonous ego and making everything about him uh, every every setback is someone else's fault. I appreciate like he, he's obviously a better structured character, um, but just God, they're so good. And yeah. They, they, how both like people who rely on um, on wisecracks in the, in the poly thing and the little Carmine guy who knows words but not what order he puts them in or what they mean. <laughs> yeah. Immaculate, immaculate. Every scene with him is incredible. 
He has heard words before. He doesn't know the, the exact syllables, and he has a vague idea of how to use them in a context. But he'll do it with confidence, and that's what you love about Lil Carmine. Mm -hmm. He really is uh, he's confidently stupid, mm -hmm. and it, it makes him uh, one of the greatest characters. Um, last question I'll have for you is, um, as we stated before, the New York Times Magazine recently called us much more popular um, than yeah, another. That, that's also a newspaper. Yeah, that is also not, a newspaper. Post. It's pretty good, though. You know, that's the thing. As uh, your competition, um, <laughs> I feel like one of the things you can do in order to get even uh, like ahead of the New York Times is have you ever considered doing like pivoting from politics to just uh doing a feature piece about like Sopranos podcasts out there that mm -hmm. like maybe people, you know, you know uh, what I'm saying? I, I, I think uh, when I've tried to write about, about culture, just this, I've learned my limits, right? I'm, mm. I, I, I'm, uh, I, I'm good at things I have studied deeply <laughs> or like I've covered closely. Sure. And I don't have the, like when I find, when I start myself pontificating about TV, I should say this right before I start this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a good, I think a, a, a good, but not, uh, I, when I read what I, what I've written down, I'm like, yeah, people know that already, don't they? Um, <laughs> but, uh, but maybe, maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong because I just, you're probably time, wrong. Well, but every time people re revisit this, every period of time, people go back to the show in, mm -hmm. uh, just the, the decay of, uh, of, 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 of the, the life, their lifestyle is more obvious. The nineties, the nineties kitsch and, Mm -hmm. livelihoods are funnier just it, it gains something all the time so usually what people do is is read an essay and then forget it was written and then mm -hmm. read a different version of that essay by somebody else like three years later yeah uh, so i think i could pull that off yeah and i think you should i mean i think you should in 20 yeah 2024 i'll, I'll be uh, you know this it's like how you know disney every six months is like we have a new gay character the first one <laughs> yeah. never done this before. uh like that i'm counting on uh, our national uh inability to remember anything right our yeah, national amnesia when it comes to culture well, and cultural look, critiques yeah but i mean a, honestly the show yeah. just like i think like the appreciation that, that that piece wouldn't have been written like 10 years ago one because your podcast didn't exist but Absolutely. just I, I feel like the richness i mean uh, the, my favorite part of that that i think my, one of my favorite parts is the, is the kicker uh of just i've forgotten that one of aj's uh Im imaginings of a easy ritzy job he could do is like driving around donald trump yeah right uh, like that didn't have the same resonance 10 years ago for reasons uh, yeah. so yeah you're, you're never gonna run out of stuff analyzing what's in this show well look the secret to culture writing uh i mean there's a few things uh one don't read anything two uh be incredibly confident in whatever your bullshit opinion <laughs> is and uh mm -hmm. three do not fact check whatever uh yeah. that opinion was so and never say it. no Never say no to a paycheck from like a company that's making a specific cultural product that wants you to write good things about it. Because mm -hmm. then you're, you know, if you do that, you're short one paycheck. So, you know, that's what I say. I say like, if Marvel reaches out to you and says, hey, say the Eternals is good, idiot, then you do it. <laughs> you know, because uh, yeah, hey, that's we, money. We, we have your son. Say the Eternals is, is fresh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, but I'm mean, yeah, curious, curious about the, the, the sort of people who are still following the show. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's a, there's a lot to do here, but I mostly cover, I mostly cover politics and actually I'm glad we're discussing uh, this episode because as soon as you mentioned it, I was like, oh, this is the one <laughs> where, uh, half of it is Tony as a guy in like kind of bad suits 
going mm-hmm. to conferences and being stuck in places. And as a reporter, that's mostly what I do. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> is, is go to places. Hope one of those guys gets too drunk and uh, starts <laughs> popping off at the, at the cash bar. Yeah. That, that, but the livelihood, and we'll get into it here, but even Costa Mesa, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm beating the show. But the, the location goes to the show, I'm pretty sure is where I went and covered Larry Elder's uh, election night party in the California recall. Oh, God. <laughs> so so this one resonated resonate a little bit more with me. You were like, I was at that people. Omni Hotel. I have stayed there. <laughs> well, he had uh, to move from the, we'll get into it. I think he, he yeah. had to move to the Omni, you know. Yeah. That, but that's that's often um, in a boring day. That is the biggest drama in, in my life is... I thought to be at this hotel, but I'm at this one now. Yeah, now I got to be at the Radisson. Now uh, I got to be at the Omni. What a struggle! Yeah. What a life! Mm. But this is not a podcast about me subtly trying to beg Dave Weigel to write a story about Pod Yourself a Gun, the only Sopranos podcast. No, oh, is this that what is... it is. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Sopranos podcast, and we cannot start the podcast, of course, without first playing the theme song. Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. 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 All right, ladies and gentlemen and everyone else, today we are going to be talking about from season 6A, or season 6 as we're going to call it, uh, of The the Sopranos, episode 2, Join the Club, uh, which premiered March 19, 2006. Vince, break us off a little piece of that synopsis. The family tries to cope with Tony's hospitalization and deteriorating condition, while Tony begins to hallucinate a new life parallel to his own. Mm, fascinating, fascinating stuff. Um, so, Vince, what was happening uh, in America and around the world at the time this episode came That's out? That's right, Matt. As we all know, we cannot mm-hmm. evaluate culture divorced of its cultural context. Uh, and for that... We go to the Remember When machine. Remember when is the lowest form of conversation. Uh, yeah, March 19th, 2006. That's when we're going back to when this episode was released. A few important things were happening. Uh, the U.S. had just passed uh, their three-year anniversary of uh, being in Iraq. Yay! Um, Happy anniversary, guys! Yeah, we did it. the worm was starting to turn a little bit, uh, according to a Gallup poll. Thirty-nine uh, percent of Americans said that they approved of Bush's handling of the war. Um, mm-hmm. That was down from seventy-one percent in April of two thousand three. Uh, mm-hmm. Around the same time, uh, is the war worth the cost? In April of two thousand three, seventy percent said yes. Uh, March 2006, just 29%. Um, oh, man. You know what's funny is asking people, what do you think of my war two months after you started the war? <laughs> yeah, it's going great. <laughs> Weird. Uh, you know, I got to say, I'm a fan of this war. I turn on the TV. 
Uh, I see like night vision goggles of things being bombed. I like when uh, the Pac-Man tokens destroy the green city. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. And it turns them all into ghosts. And then they go gobble, 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 gobble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun when it looks like a video game, but three uh, three years into it, people were like, oh, dude, you guys know like people are dying? Yeah. That sucks. The price tag was up to $70 billion, which feels pretty low, to be honest. That's like yeah, that's... a tenth of the yearly military budget, somewhere around there. Um, f- other things that were happening, I mean, I guess sort of related. Uh, the former prime minister of Iraq, Iyad Alawi, says that he believes that Iraq is engaged in a civil war. Although the country has not passed the point of no return, British and American officials dispute calling the conflict a civil war. Oh, I trust those officials. Yeah, they're probably on the up and up. Um, I feel like those officials, like the American and British ones, like they looked at that and they said, like, oh, you're always complaining. Mm. You, all you Iraqis are always, you're always complaining. Oh, there's a civil war. Oh, there, there's a difference between Sunni and Shia. It's like, blah, blah, I blah. F- my, my favorite dude. quote was when uh, people were asking Rumsfeld about the looting. And he said that, oh, yeah, it's like I've seen a couple times where it's like the it's the same guy running out with the same face 10 times or whatever. <laughs> I, like, I love it. Pretty the, sure it's, it's not that. But. He thinks it's a deep fake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, nah, they're just planting. You know, they're 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 doing uh, crisis actors yep, that's for right. uh, for civil for war. Looting. You know, it's all the same guy. Uh, that's also incredibly racist. Where he's just like, <laughs> ah, it's the same guy doing the same looting. <laughs> they all look like that. Uh, in sports news, uh, Terrell Owens had just signed with the Cowboys for three years and. $25 million. I believe that was his third team at the time. Uh, the top movies in the country. V for Vendetta. The old Guy Fox mask popularizer. Uh, yep. Failure to launch. The Shaggy Dog. Uh, She's the Man. Uh, the top uh-huh. pop song was So Sick by Neo. Which Neo, dude. Neo. Like from The Matrix? Uh. Is he the one from? No, a different guy. Oh, a different okay. Neo. Is it really Neo and not Neo? It's Neo, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. It's is, not Neo. Is that a Matrix reference? or just Probably. Okay. I imagine. And the top rock song was still Animals by Nickelback, which we all loved. We all love that. We're don't, all... I don't know that specific one, but... Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like Nickelback. So uh, so that was what was going on at the time. And um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great time to be alive. But uh, let's get into this episode. So, as you said, Vince, the synopsis is the family tries to cope with Tony's hospitalization and um, Tony's hallucinating a life parallel to his own. Very boring, dry synopsis, which is why I, of course, have a Bada B story oh, for you. Oh, thank goodness. Um, and uh, this was is based on the fact that this album came out in 2006, um, and uh, I... Uh, I kind of liked it. Um, are you guys uh, John Mayer fans? Oh, sure. Dave, you, you I'm, listen- I'm aware of his music. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> this is... I think what's the song he had? Like, yeah. yeah. That, that one album where it's like, I'm going to go a little poppy, and he had that song, Bigger Than My Body. I remember yeah. the chorus of that song. I think that's it. I'm sure he's, isn't he now? He's one of the, he's one of the fake Grateful Dead, right? 
Is he? Is that what's? Is I that? Had no idea. I didn't know. He's part of Dead and Company, which oh. is like the uh, the Jerry's Dead. So we're gonna have somebody else uh, oh. be playing. With it. I've heard it's good. I'm not. I'm not anti Grateful Dead. I'm not. Pro- I'm in that zone. Like with many bands, like I don't feel like I need to go see him. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but that made him more interesting to me. Not interesting enough to listen to the, any of the music. You're ag- right. No, agnostic. Yeah. Every time I hear him sing, it sounds like he's trying to put his tongue like over. His bottom lip, like that's because when he's in the studio, he is singing slash going down on a woman at the same mm, time. Yeah, that's so like. that's that's what it is. Um, yeah. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, so you guys are yeah. um, probably not gonna know this song at all, but uh, this is uh, the Bada B story. His name's not Anthony Soprano He's not the boss of New Jersey He's not the criminal that I know He's some military tech or something He's at a bar in Costa Mesa He's losing his photo ID And now he's gone and switched his briefcase With a guy named Kevin Finnerty He's going down He's filled with tips He looks around Who am I? Where am I? Going his Soprano in the ICU uh, Yes Yeah, play that shit, you fucking idiot uh, Yeah, I make my pussy hella wet Mommy, my pussy. Go suck my dick. Yeah, why don't you? All right. Well, that's mostly that's if you want if you want the rest of the song, uh, you know, you'll hear it at the end of the episode. Like Just always. your inner monologue as you listen to John Mayer. I like it. Um. So, yeah, that's what the episode is about. It is about um, Tony Soprano being in the ICU, having a hallucination in which he plays a guy who like sells military tech mm-hmm. um and losing his id and everyone thinking he's some guy named kevin finnerty um meanwhile uh you know uh carm and the family are suffering aj's not helping and uh Vito and Polly are competing over who's going to be the best at helping out uh, carmel in a tough spot so yeah. that is that's the long and short of this episode um vince what uh general thoughts what would you think of this one you know, it's funny, like, I I didn't fully, I sort of remembered this one. I think I confused this dream episode with uh, later dream episodes in my head. Because, um, mm. like, my ma- like dominant memory of this, like, dream sequence was it going on for way too long. And right. I was like, oh, my God, can we get back to the fucking show already? Sure. But um, maybe that's in the next episode or the next couple. But this one I thought was pretty solid like you you get a a decent balance of in the dream and out of the dream and as we know i'm staunchly like anti-dream sequence in general but uh i did really enjoy this dream sequence it's it i would say this is like one of the less funny sopranos episodes there though there was oh yeah a few funny things but it is uh it was strong enough on the drama that i enjoyed it quite a bit yeah yeah agree uh dave what are your thoughts on this episode generally I I liked it a lot more than I remembered. So the discourse at the time about this, because uh, uh, this was the season I was definitely watching it in real time. The mm-hmm. discourse 
if I'm remembering was really negative was, mm-hmm. hey, we signed up for the Sopranos, buddy, not not whatever this is. <laughs> yeah. uh, not like, the Kevin Finnerty military the, hour. And I, I feel like for in the early meme, in, this is in the early internet days, but whatever, like 2006, seven, like Kevin Finnerty, I, I feel like I saw that used as kind of a, uh, not Fonzie jumping the shark, but as kind of a reference to, a plot point that wastes everybody's time. Yeah, it's like uh, the Chris did, Gaines period of The Sopranos. Right, right. right. Oh, that yeah, that reference. I, I really, I can see the Television Without Pity logo in my head. <laughs> just people writing these takes about it. Uh, but I actually loved it, and I, I was joking, yeah. joking slash. I, mean, I really was. I do think this was the hotel that Larry Elder uh, conceded defeat at. Um, I, I was joking before about how this is the one I relate to the most, but it, it really. Uh, it really isn't that the way that uh, Tony navigates this dream is very familiar. Not to me, I'm kind of joking about, oh, the business and boring lifestyle, but really uh, somebody with complete control going into uh, his nightmare being both that he is a schmuck, a loser, like, you know, Ray mm-hmm. Liotta at the end of Goodfellas, who just has to wait in line, basically wait in line for things. There's even a, a part where he's uh, probably approached this the Buddhists who are angry with Kevin Finnerty. Yeah. Um, I mean, he just, he just goes, he just goes down, down like a cheap suit um, yeah. with where the Tony we know would glower over and, and, and smack those guys. This one kind of gets roughed up and falls over the, the coat rack. And, and he calls just, his wife to be like, he slapped yeah. me in the mouth. <laughs> like he's, yeah, he's I don't, just, yeah. I mean, like I this did, is I all just, about yeah. like, it's like facelessness uh, on top mm. of facelessness. Like they're trying to turn Tony into, you know, like a faceless uh, corporate guy. Um, right. And so like for the, for people who don't know Costa Mesa or the significance of that, uh, like Costa Mesa is in Orange County, which is sort of like an upscale strip mall of a place as right. it is. And then Costa yeah. Mesa is probably like the most upscale strip mall of a place right. in all of Orange County. And it's the strip mall in, it's the only one that actually has like the uh, purebred puppy store. So you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? It's like the other ones they got a petco. This one you can buy purebreds. It's like the and if you don't want them, you can imagine. literally kill them right <laughs> yeah. there in the store. Perfect place to imagine like a faceless corporate retreat between totally, you know, which is kind of a place where everybody goes and they're sort of nameless. Nobody knows them there. It's like the up in the air, uh, yeah, environment. Uh, See, seeing Tony Soprano uh, as like essentially a lanyard monkey yeah which a, is, yeah which is like the opposite of the, li- the mob lifestyle like the whole right. mob lifestyle is like it's hyper provincial like everything is based on familial connections mm-hmm. and like your entire value is how much the people that know you respect like your worth and, and right. know your family history exactly and it's like you know it's not a like this is the opposite it is a giant corporate networking event uh to help you i don't know uh either make some sales or you know get more efficient at your at your workplace or you know like basically the yeah like you said the opposite of the lifestyle that he is living as a mafioso um i i I like how i like how unclear they are about what he actually does and how yes Again, I was complimenting the dumb guy dialogue, but it's very good lanyard dialogue. It's very good. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, another experience I have is being on a plane with two businessmen who decide to become friends. Uh, <laughs> and and they, they're, just, they're just like, well, you know, the real the new products this season, they, they're good at capturing that. Even the, the conflict in it is uh, because he doesn't have his ID. Uh, 
and and it's it's written in an interesting way where he says he's Tony Soprano, but there's no other evidence that he's Tony Soprano. Yeah, but he right. can't get in the room and he misses what appears to be he was gonna go to a panel in order to just get some FaceTime with a general mm-hmm. so he could pitch him. And I, I and, and that too, just the real Tony is just like no he doesn't have to wait to meet with anybody. He schedules a sit down, right. he sits down with them. Just he's the, ways, the general. Yeah, the ways they make him um just impotent in every way. I mean, in the first, yeah. you know, first I thought were just were amazing. I mean, because we, we always like, I mentioned the Goodfellas ending too. That's the obvious go-to. Uh, but I don't know, as somebody who's 40 now, I think Kendall Feeney and Tony are both in their early forties in this, um, that he's, he's basically, Kevin Finnerty's like the kind of guy who probably then go, goes and watches a mean antagonist, you know, a, a, a yeah. evil protagonist in the TV show is like, Oh, that, that must be so cool. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But I also, I, I also yeah. think it there's be so cool to be so tough. I, I think there's yeah. something. Um, it, I think those of us who work like in media jobs or 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 in the arts, we sort of have mm-hmm. this like love, hate, fear, envy of people in like you know normal quote unquote corporate jobs. Like on the one hand, I think it, like our first reaction is like, oh man, I can't imagine a hell that awful but then also we're kind of envious like oh wow you can just like be judged by uh you know just like selling something or right. doing this thing that doesn't require uh being like a public vo- a public voice in any way like you can kind of just totally. live, live your life uh, yeah, anonymously kinda, and like get, at five and, o'clock and your money yeah you get your money and at five o'clock your hard hat is spinning around on the floor so there's like and and, and all the dialogue in this feels like guys who are working in the arts trying to imagine what it would be like to have a, a corporate job but not really knowing they're just kind of like eh, i don't know which i think is, goes, it, is partly tony's state of mind too because tony doesn't know either right i do wonder if there's like a military optics guy who watches this show and says, that's not how it works yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the wrong color lanyard what are these guys where do these guys go to go to college the, yeah i mean it it definitely seemed like an intentional thing to make um, whatever he was doing and whatever that conference r- was uh, relatively vague, um, like just just bland enough for it to be believable, um, but also just specific enough for it to um, feel like there might be some sort of backstory there. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, I agree with you guys. This episode is a lot better than I remember it being. Um, mm-hmm. And I do love that, like. Tony is essentially in purgatory and purgatory is a like a military like a like a tech convention in Costa Mesa yeah. is very funny. I also um, like I like you know David Chase's uh on the nose symbolism where it's like okay there's heaven because there's a light uh in the right. in the sky and then there's hell cuz it's there's fires in Costa Mesa mm-hmm. uh but the Buddhists are mad because you have not been living your life according to the principles of the Tao. Right, yeah. I mean, I, I it, it's it's interesting because while they do have that kind of David Chase, like always throwing in some Buddhism or some sort of like Eastern religious stuff, <laughs> they they he is make a, he is partly a Janus deep down. I think he is he is he's a Janus. He's absolutely Janus. Um, like he knows he's a Janus though, so it's better. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, they did make the monk characters. Um fantastic um right. but let's let, let's let's get into uh the opening scene here tony wakes up in a random uh hotel room and he sees a lighthouse um goes to the hotel bar and he has a drink 
calls his family and leaves a message. And this is, you know, if it's your first time watching it, you don't know what's going on. But then you hear this answering machine message and it's clearly not AJ and Meadow. It's like two kids that you don't know who they are saying, welcome to the Soprano residence, leave a message. And um, it's not until you uh, see him trying to check in at the corporate event that you realize he is this, I don't know, this parallel universe Tony. And, he, it, and it's, it's, yeah. it's funny because according to like the Wikipedia tri- trivia, this is Tony's like natural accent where it sounds yes. to me like he's doing a very obvious like wasp voice. Like uh, it's sort of like the, when Dave right. Chappelle does his like white guy voice, but it's, yeah. the, <laughs> it's like the Italian version of that. And I don't know that I don't, I don't quite buy that this is Tony's 100% natural accent because I've seen, I mean, sorry, James Gandolfini, because I've seen James Gandolfini in other stuff. And unless he has been playing like a Jersey guy in every single role, uh, this is a little bit of a hyper waspified version of how he talks. He also well, sound, he yeah. also just doesn't sound well. I mean, he just, he just, I mean, he's not, he's not a healthy man in the show and they established no. that, but, but he just, even though the, the timbre of his voice, it kind of raspy, like the way he he codes, which is too big a word for it, it's it's in the dream. Yeah. But but the way the way he talks is just clearly like, despite how, how unhealthy his lifestyle is as a mobster and how he, he probably is going to die uh, <laughs> in a few episodes, uh, he just he just I don't know. May, again, maybe this is midlife. This is the midlife crisis permeating everything I see and think. Yeah. But he, he but he just really just comes across as like a really like God like a, a guy who did everything right and is uh, mm-hmm. and is 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 not suffering for it, but realize that just doing well in that industry is miserable. Doesn't make you healthy. Doesn't make you happy. Yeah. Well, you know, he did win the national, what was it? He had the highest sales of any team for the last yeah, 16 he, years. He, running. Yeah. 12, the last, he won the brass ring the last 12 times in terms of sales, like totally <laughs> bland detail. You have no idea what the fuck it means. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of his voice, his voice is the moment when you know you realize that he is um, not himself, and uh, I uh, I noticed it the most uh, when he hits a hard R when mm. he says the word bar, and uh, bar. I have a I have a clip of that. Last night, uh, I was at a bar across the street from my hotel. I must have picked up the wrong stuff. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm here, so I'll try to call the bar, but could you let me in so I don't miss the morning session? Gosh, I really can't. Look, I, I just flew in from New Jersey, and Colonel Colonna, <laughs> he speaks at 1030. I can't let you in without photo ID, sir. Security. I'm on the list. Sorry. It's a whole new world. Hard R on bar and Jersey. Like, he really, it's like, it's clear that he's doing I'm here his from more- New Jersey. Yeah, his more natural non-Guido accent or whatnot. Um, but when she says to him, you know, can't let you in you, without photo ID, security, it's a whole new world. Does that mean 9-11 happened in purgatory? Yes, 9-11 happened in purgatory. Uh, he's trying to have Gumars in purgatory. And yeah. he eventually finds out that he has Alzheimer's in his own purgatory. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah a lot a lot happens in this like purgatory land, but I just love the idea of like, you know, <laughs> even in purgatory they were just like, oh man, this these r- radical Islamist terrorists we gotta watch out for. <laughs> well, 
but uh yeah he um you know so he gets turned away he calls uh, his wife to tell the situation and um you know there was the a situation- mix-up involving grouper sandwiches everyone was yes. ordering the black and grouper the one thing that i could not find um it's a very funny hotel bar food by the way is like the the fish sandwich that <laughs> that everyone's ordering is a very and the grouper is, yeah. is, yeah. is uh, specifically the uh, that's the exact fish that um, uh, Big Pussy was in the dream oh, sequence. Oh, yeah, that's right. So wow. it's, yeah, Easter egg I mean, finder, Matt Lieb. Yeah, uh, well, you know, I know about art, so I figured it out. One thing that I, did, I, I still haven't figured out is who is the picture of Kevin Finnerty? I don't know. I've been looking for that too. Who's yeah. that guy? <laughs> we don't, yeah. It's like like he when he picks up, you know, the ID and it says Kevin Finnerty and you see this face on it. And it's like it's not it's James a, Gandolfini, it's but it's someone looks, who looks yeah, it does, almost it, exactly it looks like, like an off brand James Gandolfini in a yeah. he was trying to s- sneak into a bar with like a 40 year age cutoff or something. He loves yeah. ID. He, 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 he could get in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he does. I mean, he, I mean, he commits like light fraud. In, in, he does. In <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he that's, ends up going that's great because like the Kevin Finnerty character, who is like the non-criminal version mm-hmm. of Tony, is getting a thrill out of uh, impersonating another person at the Omni Hotel. Like, that, yeah, that's his big score. And, and I, I think what is also interesting about it is the fact that Tony, or sorry, Kevin Finnerty in the picture, at least the briefcase, the person who ever owns the briefcase that he has, um, is someone who sells solar panel heating equipment um but there's no company name like you can't find any information about this person and this company um and of course you find out later from the monks that the heating equipment doesn't work which leads me to believe that kevin finnerty is some sort of con man so he he accidentally like he's defrauding the monks yeah (laughs) yeah it was someone who stole money from monks which is uh I mean, if you're going to steal from anyone, steal from people who don't believe in hell. That's what I say. That's like the best way to but ensure that like, you know, they prove themselves that they uh, do not back down from a fight. Yeah. Yeah, they do not. Um, and what is his line when he slaps uh, Kevin Finnerty? He says, like, I, I hold on. I, I have you're not the, living uh, in balance or something like that. Months <laughs> you have ignored our letters and phone calls. Well, we are now filing suit against you. Back up, okay? I'm not Kevin Finnerty. <laughs> I have his wallet by mistake, and I guess I look a little like him. We had a horrible winter at the monastery because of your heating system. I'm not Kevin Finnerty. Lose your arrogance. Son of a bitch! Lose your arrogance. There we go. Don't let him, he hit me! You okay? I- Don't let him go! trying to block your fall did you see that i love did you see that because what a sight to watch a buddhist monk just slap someone in the face is uh yeah the most surprising thing you could you would never expect they're not usually known for bitch slapping people but it's a little known fact that uh, they do sometimes i mean i get it you know it's a you know there's a lot of pent up aggression not being violent as a religion you know mm. you're, eventually you're just going to slap the shit out of someone um but yeah so he's gotten the id and briefcase of a guy who's ripped off a couple of monks gets slapped in the face and whatnot um meanwhile he's trying to work out his hotel arrangements 
and uh, he finds out he can't check back in to the Radisson. Yeah, I love because, that this came yeah. out in the era when not being able to do things without an ID was still like shocking. Like they, yeah, I, I, like we've all sort of internalized this at, at this point. But like in like in the direct in the aughts when it, when nine eleven had sort of just happened, like the idea of losing your ID and then suddenly not being able to do anything was so new. Like oh my god, you won't be able to get on an airplane. You wouldn't be right. able to check into a hotel. Uh, yeah, and that's interesting. Was there a time when you could get on an airplane without an ID? Yeah, they handed you a pack of cigarettes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, really, there was like, for, I'm too young to uh, been that period, but I've actually had to, to get on a plane uh, without a license because I literally was turning returning my rental car and on the street of the rental car company, I was pulled over for uh, cutting the wrong way on a light or some some crime. Yeah. And uh, I, they took my license uh, and I explained, uh, I, I kind of need that for a flight. They explained, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. I was quizzical, but it turns out you just basically need to say, you know, show some documents that you're you, but you have to go to the whole pat down. You can't do, you know, TSA right. check or something. I guess I shouldn't, if the government's listening, I didn't say any of this. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend doing it, but th- they make allowances. Listen, uh, all right. If the government yeah. is listening, please give us five stars in a review on iTunes. All right? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, come on, you're here. Yeah. Back uh, in the day, you just had a physical ticket and, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was non-fungible. If you had it, it was, it was yours. <laughs> there was no blockchain. The original just, NFT yeah, was a Southwest boarding pass. Yeah, it was a it was a picture of a of a monkey that you would flash at the, at the <laughs> pilot. It left you on. Yeah, those were the days. Um, but yeah, so at, at some point, uh, you know, he's in the bar. He's drowning, you know, his sorrows in a, a nice Glenn Levitt. Um, he's trying to like find he's the guy. He's really pleased to get the Glenn Levitt too. He's really yeah, yeah. excited about it. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's more than okay. He loves yeah. the Glenn Levitt. Uh, and he's trying to explain who Kevin Finnerty is. His name is Kevin Finnerty, and this guy goes, he drives a Lexus, which is um, uh, this weird shoehorned in joke. It's almost like his subconscious. Even in his subconscious, he has like horrible dad jokes that mm-hmm. like Junior would have made in in his brain. Um, and the guy who says that kind of looks like a young junior, you know, he's like a bald dude. Um, and so he gets invited over to this table and has this like very mundane interaction, mundane conversation about like, you know, him being a good salesman and whatnot. Um, and he meets this girl and they're making out and, uh, and she, she basically says, we're not going to go any further because I can tell you love your wife so much. Uh, which is, um, you know, it's adorable in this parallel universe that, uh, you know, parallel universe, Tony is someone who, um, he can't close the deal on a Gumar, you know, it's just like every, he's, he just can't get anything right in this world. He is, he's not a general. He's just some lowly salesman and, you know, the girls that he would usually easily cheat with, um, they, they don't want to do it. Um. Meanwhile, he's looking up in the air. There's a helicopter, and she says, "Oh, they're lo- they must be looking for a perp." And then we flash <laughs> back into the real world. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So we're back at the hospital now, and in the hospital, um, Tony is woken up, and he's ripping all of his tubes out, and he's saying, who am I, where am I going, uh, and, you know, karma's crying, and it's, uh, you know, fucking, it's uh, it's bedlam. Once again, is, Edie Falco, I mean, you can't say it enough, oh. but boy, she really is just the, one of the best actors living. Fucking... A dude, this is the time when I started watching it in real time was season six. Yeah. And uh and it was, you know, when you're binge watching something, like I was still kind of coming off of like uh the last episode of season four, White Caps, where Edie Falco proves herself to be one of the best actors in the world. And I'm still like high off of that. And then so to get some Edie Falco sad in a hospital action, I was like, oh, I was eating it up, dude. There's a scene um, when she's talking to the doctor that like legit, I've seen this maybe five, six times and it kind of made me cry. And uh, so I have, a, I have a clip of that. Got him back on the ventilator, mucus plug. The bullet didn't just tear up the pancreas, but it impacted the gallbladder. Sepsis is the big problem, an infection in the blood. I've got him sedated and restrained so he can't pull his breathing tubes out. Okay. Then what? As we discussed before, we're probably not looking at a very good outcome here. Well, should we call Dr. Plepler? I'll let him know. And uh, Tashlin, too. He'll stop by. Does he know that he's dying? We don't know. <laughs> so good, dude. <laughs> like, that shit, I... It, it is she's the best she's just the best actor she yeah. is she's like far and away the best actor on the show i think and and, and the, i everyone's pretty love, good on the show yeah and she 
everyone's and she still good on it. Like, the, yeah, there's like it's a show filled with just incredible performances by incredible actors, and she stands far and above the rest of them. She's so good. I fucking. Oh, did you hear that she's gonna play Hillary Clinton in like a series about the Monica Lewinsky scandal? That's already happening. Yeah, it, 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 I have heard it doesn't really work, and I can't really see it. I uh, watched like w- like maybe five seconds of it. I saw that Clive Owen was playing Bill Clinton, and I think what? she plays Hillary. And then uh, what's that woman's name? The woman who played Marsha Clark in the OJ series uh, plays oh, yeah. Sarah Paulson. L- Linda Tripp. Yeah, Sarah Paulson plays Linda Tripp like with a fat suit on and uh I, I i saw two seconds of it and i'm like i've never seen a show that i wanted to watch less than this it just sounds like awful and i'm like i i, I usually if it's got fucking Edie falco in it i'll watch it but i i don't know if i can no. i don't know if i can handle it guys no. I, I you have to figure they thought this there's a part where Hillary Clinton's gonna be angry at her husband and probably cry. Who do we get? Edie Falco. I get, I get, I yeah. get that. But a conflicted but a, woman with a shitty husband. Yeah, it's a little too easy. It seems it's a little too easy and also doesn't fit completely for me. It's it's yeah. funny because it, it like it feels like a home run in so many ways because they had the whole OJ show. Uh, both yeah. of those were like popular podcasts and everybody uh-huh. was like, ooh, you know, like there's this sort of popular. Uh, re-reckoning with the whole Monica Lewinsky and they're like oh well this seems like this show seems like a slam dunk and then I yeah. think everyone saw the actors like dressed up as those people and they're like nope nope don't want that <laughs> yeah oh god uh, anyways um, pod yourself a Lewinsky coming out yeah. next year <laughs> um, the next rewatch pod no um, so yeah getting into like Carmela's um, storyline here real quick um, so she is at the hospital and obviously is basically being told that Tony is dying and that if he pulls through, it'll be uh, a miracle. Um, and everyone is doing their best to like, kind of like, you know, uh, kind of suck up to her, kind of take care of, you know, Tony and her and the family, try to trying to be there for him, um, which is very sweet. But, uh, but meanwhile, uh, AJ is just he's just being AJ. He's doing all of the great AJ things. He's showing up late to uh, the hospital. Just he's making excuses. Just to go back to like them jockeying for position. That's kind of like what I was saying about how this dream sort of represents the op- the you know like the reverse lifestyle of what Tony has, where uh, mm-hmm. like Kevin Finnerty or well he's not Kevin Finnerty, but whatever the alternate universe be. alternate universe Tony has these sort of objective measures of his of his job performance like oh you got the the say you got the brass ring 12 years running because you had x amount in sales whereas like in the mafia like your your worth is judged by like well how helpful were you uh right to someone's wife while they were in the hospital right exactly yeah it's your your worth is entirely it's also based on like what is the the latest good thing that you have done and it can be small it doesn't necessarily have to be you know a payment it's literally driving (laughs) it's driving aj home who just got there by the way um yeah uh, really really good lazy aj in this episode oh so good dude and this Uh, is another thing my father and i bonded over i guess the subtext was thank god you're not like this yeah Uh, (laughs) but but my 
my dad at points when AJ would come on the on the screen just would just groan. He's, oh yeah, yeah, it was painful for him. I think as a dad, it's painful for him to watch this this son be absolutely useless. Oh yeah, away. I mean yeah. he's everybody's nightmare son, and I think he was such a good dickhead character that to this day people remember Robert Eiler as like some sort of bad actor, or they think that his performance right. was bad somehow. But like you rewatch this, it's like no. He was perfect. He's, His he's acting perfect. is really good, and really good. Uh, he played this character like pitch perfectly, and and did exactly what the character was supposed. It's to the do. reason that you hate him. The reason that you hate him, or think he's a bad actor, or like there's just something about him is it's literally because he did such a good job portraying this total dipshit, this lazy like. I mean, he to me was kind of the uh, proto millennial character yeah. you know the caricature He's exactly that we have what everyone fears in giving their child too easy of a life like right like your goal is to move up in social class which has been true basically for like a thousand years but like right. in, in moving up in a social class the you know the obvious fear is that your kids are not going to have the obstacles and and therefore they're not going to have the grit uh right and so aj is just like the ultimate manifestation of that I mean, every time I see like an article, you know, written by insider or some shit where it's just like millennials are doing this too much. At, like, I'm always like, just put a picture of AJ because yeah. I know I know the the guy you're inventing in your head just is AJ Soprano. Just it's just all- today uh, I was in the coffee shop uh, that mm-hmm. I work that I usually do a lot of my work at. And uh, this girl sits down next to me. And she's on some sort of Zoom call with her class. Mm-hmm. No headphones in. Like the Zoom oh. call is just playing out loud. While the Zoom call is happening, the phone, her phone rings. She mutes. Uh, no, she didn't mute. She muted herself. We could all still hear the Zoom call <laughs> while she picked up the phone from her mom. Is talking to her mom. Meanwhile, what was happening on the Zoom call was the professor was frantically trying to figure out which person was talking uh, over her and telling them to mute. And it was just like, holy shit, uh, this is this is the next generation of the shit that they're going to have to deal with. And right. Yeah. They, they you think feel, AJ's bad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They feel completely comfortable. Uh, you know, yeah. seven people are talking to them at once on their computer and they're just right. blocking all of all of it out. Yeah, if you think AJ is depressed, AJ's kids, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. They're all they're all depression cases for sure. Um but yeah, uh AJ is doing his best to um try to he's doing avoidance, you know. He's 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 not trying to face what's going on. He keeps calling Tony Anthony he's saying Anthony Soprano is not going to die. He's not calling him my dad or or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um and, uh, you know, he at one point he's supposed to bring a box set of Tony Bennett CDs and he doesn't. Um, and, you know, he's he's talking to like a reporter outside and there's this moment the reporter goes, uh, could you call it growing up soprano? And he's like, yeah, I guess so. I just wanted to point out with that. Was that kind of a, a reference to growing up Gotti? Uh, which was a yeah, uh, it had to be. That was, also, it's a reality show back at the in the day. Like, would you call it growing up with your last name? Like, what the fuck kind of question is that? Well, this is why I hated that question because I think that show had just come out. 
Yeah. Growing up Gotti? Yeah, that's got to be what it is. I, I, so it's a reference to Growing Up Gotti. The reason Growing Up Gotti works as a title is the alliteration in G- <laughs> Growing Up Gotti. Right. Growing Up Soprano does not do anything. You've done nothing with that. That's Would you call it Growing Up Soprano? No. Yeah, it's, uh, it was, Growing Up Gotti it, premiered in 2004, so yes. Uh, yeah, so it had been going on happened. for a couple of seasons. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's a terrible reporter. Uh, and then um, he yells at um, the press later mm-hmm. from the, the bedroom. Probably a thing he's been told not to do. Yeah, uh, I think we intuit that he's just doing stupid things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, he is... I like that question because it's basically like... Um, what do you think of this stupid headline I'm going to put on this bullshit story once I publish it? I mean, that's just good reporting. That's what that <laughs> is. Uh, so AJ uh, at one point can't visit Tony because he, quote, has a stomach flu. But in the next scene, he's eating up all of the food that whenever an Italian is injured, mm-hmm. you get free food. It's like mm-hmm. I, I think we don't know how to cope with emotions except by uh, giving <laughs> the person food. That's really like yeah, our, yeah. it's our only move. Yeah, it's uh, it's Coca Cola. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a gabagool joke. Anyways, um, I, so he's I appreciated like, it. I just want you to. Oh, know. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, so he's he's eating. Uh, he's like filling up his plate while uh, Meadows like looking on, knowing that he was full of shit, and he, he just yells at her. I took some Pepto Bismol, okay. Uh, <laughs> and in the next scene, we have one of my favorite moments. Uh, in the episode with AJ in which he busts into her room into into Meadow's room to uh, talk about hybrid cars. Oh my god, I forgot how funny this was. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a, I have a clip of it. How much do you know about the Prius? I could have been naked in here. You need to familiarize yourself with hybrid cars, Meadow. It's important. This is a conversation in the future. Why are you breaking my balls about hybrid cars? I don't give a shit. I've been up all night. Oh, you're tired? Poor you. Or you never give two fucks about the environment. Is that what's crawling up your butt? That I was at the hospital last night when you told mom you'd come? I didn't say one word to you about it. Neither did anyone else. We're also glad you fucking kicked your stomach flu, okay? I saw how you looked at my plate of food. I can't eat in my own house? I wasn't looking at your plate. It's all in your mind. (laughs) This is very much like the... uh scumbag steve version of yes. uh, patrick bateman ask patrick bateman <laughs> asking yeah but what about the massacres in sri lanka don't you care about sri lanka the, the the aj hybrid obsession also convinced me that aj in in re, in real life what's it you know 15 years later is probably loaded i mean he's probably one of those guys oh, yeah. who just saw elon musk on twitter is like dang i'm gonna buy some of this stock on e-trade oh and it's it just it's just making it rain in stupid ways uh or he would like bought stock in one of the ripoff companies like nicola that just is like we're gonna make a truck at some point but I, he, he probably is a te- he probably invested early in tesla i mean i i'm yeah. convinced the aj story if this i hope they never make a sequel aj story's got to end with him being completely successful I yeah mean, just like just like animal house ends with you know blue to butarski u.s senator he's going to be set and the, the hybrid thing is like that's how he does it I think AJ is definitely going to meet his end um, when he tries to like do a scam involving like a uh, board ape yacht club NFT, and uh, you know he like owns one and then he wants to like flip it and then the mafia gets involved yeah. somehow. And he's going to get that's how he does. He's going to get pushed out of his fake media company because he got a little too into Q. <laughs> he falls off Dan Bilzerian's yacht, and gets hit with an anchor in the head. <laughs> I could see it. I mean, they would be friends. That would be someone he liked. Um, 
I, AJ's the kind of guy who, like, adult AJ just Instagrams, like, himself shirtless with models and, and the captions just says, Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's who he's going to be. Yeah. Oh, just stay hustling. Um, <laughs> he is definitely He's going to uh, figure success. out how to do, like, Zoom classes for uh, budding entrepreneurs where he, he, like, talks about a lot of vague things relating to entrepreneurship and the hustle mindset. Yeah, yeah. He's going to, you know, be have a call at some point uh, to pitch something to Masterclass on uh, on how to live a kick-ass life. Yeah. Which <laughs> that he got, they're going to have to got, reject in the room. Which he got the seed capital for by just renting out his parents' house that he was living at as an Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's – he's a good kid. Um, So AJ does finally um end up showing up for Tony um and uh he he has this moment um uh, when he first shows up where where Carm actually walks by Tony's uh you know room at the hospital and sees through the glass that uh, AJ is there talking to him and you know feeling like relieved and feeling very happy that AJ would do something like that and then um cut to what AJ is actually <laughs> talking about the Shelby GT500 450 horsepower oh baby and this guy on campus has one and the mustang's not as expensive as the m3 i used to talk about getting all the time <laughs> I, I love he's like he's pitching his dad on buying him a car while he's in a coma just like it's not even as expensive well the doctor did say try to make it feel like you're just having a normal conversation with him and that is yeah. an 100 percent normal conversation that aj would be having with tony and yeah, Tony's paying about as much attention as he'd be paying you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He can actually yeah. AJ can actually get through this conversation without getting slapped. So right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is probably the most excited he's ever talked to Tony in his life. You know what I mean? He's never been this jazzed because he knows he can just keep going on and on. Um, well, we learned from uh, AJ um, after that scene where he's you know lambasting meadow for not familiarizing herself with hybrid cars we learned that like one of the reasons that you know he's having trouble going there is because he's embarrassed by the situation is that it's particularly embarrassing that his cool mafia dad got shot by his mummy goober of a uh, of an uncle and um and we end the aj storyline in this episode uh with him uh swearing to take revenge upon junior I'm going to get Uncle Junior for this. Don't worry. I watched since I was little how nice you were to him. And he doesn't just get to do this to you. I'll put you in here and get away with it. You're my dad. And I'm going to put a bullet in his fucking mummy head. I, I got to say, uh, Robert Eiler um, is a good actor. Good actor. Good also, actor. mummy is a really good like insult to use on J- Junior. Like, I don't know entirely what it means, but it fits somehow. Well, he looks like a mummy. I get yeah. that totally. He looks like a, he's got kind of uh, mummy-like features. He seems like he has been, um, I don't know, he, he should be covered in bandages. He has that stiffness he, about him somehow. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, if you've seen the uh, the Boris Karloff mummy, yeah. like, which has like a thousand close ups of his face looking terrifying, yeah, just like a 
desiccated old guy face. So mm-hmm. I, I get that. Yeah, I'm every- assuming uh, AJ loves classic movies. He, he probably does. Yeah. yeah. Every every time I see something like this, it, like it, where it makes me so so thankful that I don't have like a a father who was like a captain of industry or like a yeah like a powerful type because yeah like the, the the issues that the kids always have. Uh, it's like I, I was I like, man, I'm glad my dad was just like a chill stoner who used to take his dog to work at the junior college. I mean, it's like, and I say this without trying to denigrate the the man who bore me, uh, from whose nutsack I emerged. But um, my dad uh, was never successful enough for me to try to follow in his footsteps. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, he's he he did a few uh, different jobs, uh, and I, to me, I commend him for that. You know, he went from being a neuroscientist to a guy who owned a sandwich shop to a high school teacher. Which basically was a signal to me that it was like, hey, yeah, I don't know, just do whatever job you want to do, yeah, and uh, figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm because you know anyone who who's like who had a cool dad or like a a, a dad a who was popular, like a towering figure somehow, a towering figure, yeah, like living up to that is, um, I mean, it's got to be hell. I wouldn't wish it upon. Well, I would. I guess I'd wish it upon my worst enemy. In fact, a lot of my worst enemies had really cool dads. <laughs> I realized that. Uh, I, those were the kids I hated the most. The AJs out there. Yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> moving on. Um, in this episode, we also have Vito and Polly and Chrissy. Um, you know, and their storyline involves them all competing for Carm's favor. W- one of my favorite moments in this storyline is they're at Eugene's funeral, and Polly says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy him a, I'm going to buy uh, Tony a stereo. <laughs> and Chrissy <laughs> says, he, he don't need that. And then cut to the next scene, uh, in which Carmella oh, pulls even, out. I didn't even, I didn't even make that connection until you just yeah, said that. Carm pulls out a boom box and says, Chris just bought this for you. Isn't that nice of him? <laughs> like he, he took the idea from him straight up. I, I just, uh, I love that so much as if that is going to be the thing that like that's gonna put him over the top yeah but it puts him over the top you will you you will be you know king best friend uh after he gets out of the coma and it's also also like a lovingly lovingly uh filmed fart joke with Vito uh later in the episode oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. maybe you were gonna get to that maybe that's in your notes but no no, I I actually I skipped over that but I love that he's sitting on the couch where Tony actually usually sits symbolism and uh, he just lets out a big old fart um He's marking his territory because it's clear Vito thinks he's going to uh, he's going to be running this joint real soon, you know. Uh, but yeah, it's a great fart joke. Um, meanwhile, at uh, Eugene Pontecorvo's funeral, everyone is kind of like great making Twitter guess- handle, by the way. Eugene Pontecorvo's <laughs> at Eugene Pontecorvo's funeral. <laughs> funeral. Anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah. So at the funeral, everyone is just looking at Eugene's dead body, and Chris goes, "Look at this fucking mutt. Who <laughs> who here wouldn't want to take the easy way out?" And then they all proceed to project uh, reasons as to why you might want to commit suicide. Look at this fucking mutt. Who wouldn't like to take the easy way out? Maybe the poor fuck was suffering from inoperable cancer or some shit. Suicide runs in families. 
Maybe it was his mother or his old man who took the gas pipe when Eugene was a kid. His son, the drugs, maybe. Maybe he was a homo. Felt there was no one he could talk to about it. That happens, too. At that point, I was like, oh, are they just all projecting reasons why they themselves are one day going to commit suicide? There was some there's something like about <laughs> yeah, the yeah. loose the loose talk around suicide where they were like all kind of giving reasons. I mean, to open it with who wouldn't want to take the easy way out. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> so it's, that uh, feels it's like a, that's some uh, AA stuff. I, I feel like that's. Uh, it, yeah, you think so? Yeah, that's the, that's that's his AA his his recovery talk surfacing yet again yeah and that is uh, that that's literally the end of like all of eugene's uh, pontecorvo's like storyline and it's just a suicide and just like bye he was uh, happy to get that corpse paycheck i'm sure but uh yeah hope so sad sad for him he was good that was like his episode was uh really solid yeah sad to see him yeah. go r.i.p to a real one pour one out for our good good boy gene uh and his giant son all right. Um, when now uh, we didn't just, see the giant son at the funeral, right? No, you didn't see much at the uh, that's, gi- that's at, the, at the funeral. He's a yeah, good, he was good. I mean, even just as a sight gag, I liked him. <laughs> yeah, big head that dude. Um, so finishing up Carm's storyline here, real quick. Um, this is like a recurring gag with the Sopranos. Uh, if you know our podcast and watch the sopranos you know that the sopranos hates doctors um and likes to show doctors in in uh, a light that i think is i don't know i would say is accurate which is that they're all monsters and egomaniacs uh and they all think they're god's gift to earth and uh they have one of my favorite doctors ever um dr uh pepler who shows up uh, and has just no bedside manner whatsoever. He's the surgeon who operated on Tony. And uh, Meadow is like trying to question the doctor and ask about like what medications that uh, that he's on. And he is just having none of it. Like at one point, <laughs> she's like, what antibiotic do you have him on? And she, he just looks at her and he goes, Zosin. And it's just in this like <laughs> this tone that says like, bitch, you better watch out. I will leave a scalpel inside of your dad. <laughs> you know. What antibiotic is now? Zosin. Sorry, doctor. She volunteered at an ICU this summer. Columbia Press in New York. She's thinking about a career in medicine. Huh. Look, you're all doing the right thing. You're staying with him, keeping contact, but talk to him also. Keep him engaged. You might want to play some of his favorite music. You know, fortunately for him, he is at a level one trauma center. I just love shitty doctors on The Sopranos. They're so good. It's never uh, clear to me how much they, um, the fact that this guy is a murderous mob boss, how much they know and care about that. Because uh, we, yeah. you know, we know that we, we know lots of people who recognize the name, like, oh, Tony. I, mean, it, I think there's later in the season the psychologist talking, and they all recognize the name. Yeah. So I, I always do wonder are they uh, Hippocratic Oath, but also. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, I don't yeah. think the Sopranos was like in, entirely consistent on how much of a household name Tony Soprano is like throughout the show. Because like right. there's times he's sort of anonymous, and there's other times where they treat him like he's this infamous guy that everybody would know from seeing his name on the news. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was. Yeah. There are times where people act like, "Oh, that's the guy from the news." Like, like the the writers 
acted uh, maybe there was a time when people like watched local news a lot and would be able to recognize a guy who right. has been in the news lately and i'm sure but, that's like somewhat cyclical because like there are times when mob bosses uh are in the news a lot and then times when they just are completely anonymous too right and, and everybody tends to forget in between yeah the the doctor is a, it's ron liebman who plays him uh was you know like a good pole like a good character ca- kind of quasi character actor who uh was also on friends and he also played <laughs> a doctor on friends that's was right. rachel's dad he was rachel's ah. i believe really really cr- crappy dad i was trying to yeah. remember where uh, i knew him from that's good yeah, yeah. So he's uh, good, good, good casting for this. I mean, yeah. just, uh, all the all the roles here that are that are super minor, including in the dream, are, are great. I mean, Christopher Evan Welch is the uh, I guess I know that, uh, the legend um, as as the as the fantasy doctor, also great. Yeah, yeah. When when Tony falls down and hits his head, um, you know, uh, falls down the stairs, hits his head, he wakes up in a hospital. And he's getting an MRI done by the fucking guy who played Peter Gregory on Silicon Valley. And uh, I was just like, oh, that that made me sad because he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so is Tony. That's true. <laughs> but I'm I'm over being sad about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, uh, but yeah, no, that was. Uh, yeah. Um, and that's uh, what's interesting about that to me was that w- we go back to the parallel universe. Um, you know, Tony as possibly Kevin Finnerty um, and the doctor in the parallel universe is nice. Uh, it's it's like only in the Sopranos universe uh, do you, are you just like constantly bombarded with these like just these terrible egotist doctors. Uh, and then, of course, in this parallel universe where Tony is a nobody who just sells fucking optics or whatever, uh, the doctor is actually very kind and um, tries to make him feel better about uh, the fact that he may have Alzheimer's, which I think is... Uh, I, I don't know. It was an interesting choice. Why do you think the uh, they made the choice to make him have Alzheimer's in this dream universe? Mm. I mean, that does it is like a standard fear of someone aging. I would think. I mean, like the doctor's trying to tell him he has all these options for treatment, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, yeah, you become a Smurf and you die shitting in your pants or whatever." Whatever he said, that's yeah. a, good, a good line. Whatever it was that I can't remember exactly. Yeah, he and he watched. Uh, I mean, his mother's decline was kind of different, but he's watched Junior's decline. So it it, it coming as as a you know, Tony's obsessed with the family inheritance that he's got. I mean, later I think it's a later episode where he talks about the depression he handed off to AJ. So right, yeah, that made sense to me that he's he's just been shot by somebody whose brains you know yeah, fritzing and, exactly. and this is this is the fear that he has in the dream as his brain i mean i think right after this in the in the in the real world with uh dr pepler um just kind of <laughs> dropping that like yeah you know brain's probably not going to be as good after this is over <laughs> yeah yeah the, he talks about uh you know degrees like they, of they, brain they, damage yeah he called the, the doctors are keep coldly euphemizing all of his potential like you know in case of a bad outcome like they say bad outcome instead of uh, like death or right you know. but, but i mean the doctor does say you know uh we do think about degrees of brain damage in the case that he does survive which <laughs> right. is like a <laughs> yeah. fucking a very brutal sentence uh so i think i would rather the euphemism uh in you know if it were me um to end Carm's storyline another scene in which carmela um edie falco shows 
herself to be uh, an amazing actor is uh carmel is playing american girl uh for tony some and odd i mean like smoke on the water would not be my first choice of the first song you play your husband in a coma but that's uh it, that it, is a tony it, choice though yeah it is but it, it works weirdly uh yeah yeah so yeah she plays smoke on the water she plays some we catch the end of some doo-wop shit that sounded, uh, you know, like maybe Tony would like it. And then uh, you get uh, American Girl, which is uh, a great song. And um, and Carmela just has this great monologue that doesn't feel like a monologue. And that's, that's hard to do mm-hmm. because, like, usually I have, like, um, this really intense, like, Playdar you know what I mean? It's like like radar for yeah. plays, yeah, yeah. where I where I I hear dialogue, the way, just like unnatural dialogue or unnatural like pontificating soliloquies, all that shit. I like as soon as I hear it, I'm like, oh no, no, I don't. I'm not. This is this is TV. All right, I'm too stupid <laughs> to enjoy this. Yeah, and so so like for me watching her do this monologue, um, I, I just realized like I never noticed that i i never identified it as a monologue as this you know her it's just it comes out so naturally and there's even this like moment where she just uh she tries to make uh tony horny while he's in a coma that like is rather than being funny (laughs) because i usually would laugh at something like that uh, I found it like kind of, I don't know, like heart wrenching. Um, and uh, I, I have a, a clip of that. This song was playing in your car that entire weekend. We all went down to Long Beach Island. Remember Artie and Charmaine broke up for the first time? First of many. <laughs> she accused him of letting her drown in the ocean. Remember that? That wave picked her up and slammed her down on her head in the sand. <laughs> oh my god. Her around water. <laughs> I can we get a, a movie about Charmaine around water, please? Yeah. She's like a cat apparently. Yeah. <laughs> like she just cannot survive around water. I, I love mean, that. Is there a better like reminiscing about cool stuff that happened in your life song than uh American Girl? Yeah, it really isn't. It's uh, it is perfect. It sets it sets the scene really well. Um, and you know, so do so do Carm's stories here about like Charmaine, like two two stories about how she almost drowned. The second one being that she one time ate a whole calzone <laughs> and got a cramp. Um, and uh, she continues. You're gonna be fine, Tony. I know it. The doctors say you're gonna be fine too. They are very confident. They know that you're really strong. You're strong as a bull. You know that that's always gotten to me. When you used to pick me up and throw me over your shoulder. Oh my God, Tony. Used to get me so hot down there. I can feel it right now just thinking about it. Oh, she's the fucking best. I mean, an actress that can make that not just sound like incredibly gross and off-putting. Unreal. Right. Unreal. Unreal. It's like that shit. Ugh. But she really is the fucking best. And you guys, listeners out there, you know I don't like things. You know <laughs> I, that I hate art and I hate acting. I, I hate the Sopranos. But I love her. She's great. She's the best. Um, 
And her storyline ends with, I believe it ends at the moment where <laughs> AJ admits that uh, he dropped out of college right at the moment that she thanks him for uh, for like staying the night with him. You know, he like yeah, looks he at it. build as, up some goodwill. He built up some goodwill and immediately drops the bomb. I flunked out of college. And uh, I do love with your with your father in a coma. <laughs> right. And it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. it was a buildup. You know? <laughs> to be fair, he didn't do it because like he didn't yeah. plan it this way. Yeah, exactly. Did we figure out, did they say that he's officially going to like East Poly? What, like, what was that place in Pennsylvania I, that I, he's supposed to go? Do we know? I don't know okay. that I, I, I don't think they established it or if they did, like it was, it was quick and I missed it as far as I could tell. Oh, it says junior uh, college on Wikipedia. Yeah. I thought it was like a community college because okay. it, it, it looked like a community college in the kind of like the season opener where they're like doing a montage of where everyone is now. You see him in class goofing off and I'm like, oh, he's in junior college for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, finally to, uh, you know, end the episode after Kevin Finnerty slash Tony um, gets his, you know, diagnosis of Alzheimer's. He uh, goes back to his hotel room and just stares out at yeah. the lighthouse. He has to ponder that light in the corner of the sky. Yeah. Like, what's that about? Dude. Um, yeah. Who am well, I? <laughs> who am I? What is this symbol? <laughs> am I the ship? Or <laughs> am I the moth? Yeah, you really, uh, you watch him kind of like pondering his uh, his existence. And the episode ends without um, any resolution. I mean, it is, this is essentially a two-parter. It's like, you know, we get resolution as to what's going to happen with Tony in the next episode. Um, but uh, I think it's one of the reasons we remember this episode and were annoyed by it was we have seen episodes be like half dream sequence before the test dream was the big one from last season, but we've never seen one that ended without getting out of that dream sequence. I would so, say this was a lot stronger for me than the test dream. Like a lot. Oh, a lot totally. Stronger. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know what I realized is cause it's not a dream sequence. That That's not what the, uh, the, it, it really, the dream sequences were always like very specific in terms of sound editing, like the sound design of a dream sequence and also kind of like the weird, you know, um, just weird supernatural shit that happens in dreams, right? You know, he's like a tooth falls out and he's talking to Annette Benning, and then he runs and he gets on a horse and mm -hmm. it's like scene changes and whatnot. This is more like um, another TV show about a guy who like loves Applebee's and his family, but cheats occasionally. Sure. You know? Um, so yeah, and that's how the episode ends. And, uh, you know, we get the resolution, uh, next time, uh, before we get out of here, uh, any favorite, least favorite scene we did not mention. I mean, we mentioned it, but, uh, I, I really love just throwing a fart joke in like Vito farting on the couch, uh, while mm. they're at, uh, while they're eating and, 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 uh, and mourning or whatever you call it when you're not mourning and they're not dead yet, but they're doing the right. same thing they would be doing if they were mourning, which is there's right. a big spread of food and, uh, and, you know, and then there's a fat guy farting into a couch. Yeah. Yeah. This is wonderful. Dave, you have a favorite, least favorite or a scene we didn't mention. You were pretty comprehensive. I mean, I think, uh, junior, being interrogated uh 
yeah is pretty fun yeah. uh just his his i mean his the junior's brain at this point is just fascinating to watch to watch work yes um, the throwaway really, I mean, line about why he fired his last attorney which is that his, I, oh his stroke yeah. hand Actually, creeped him out <laughs> i do I, I do have a clip of that hold on what are these a watch and a pencil repeat the following sentence no ifs, ands, or buts. I'll do it if I fucking feel like it. Take your ultimatum and stick them in your ass. No, repeat the sentence. What is this person talking about? These people are trying to establish for the government that if you shot Anthony Soprano, which we're not conceding, that it certainly wasn't intentional, that you were confused and disoriented. Don't coach him, please. My nephew, Anthony? That's why you're here in custody. Where's Mel? You dismissed Mr. Melvoin as your attorney and hired me. Because of his paralyzed hand from his stroke, it made you nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that part. That, that was, that was that Because is... it's also a brutally efficient scene where every piece of dialogue is somebody saying something the other person doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. Chef's, chef's kiss, yeah. So good. I, and just the, the idea that he would fire his lawyer because of a paralyzed hand he got from a stroke is like, yes, that's right. That's what Junior would do. And to to have done it in like some sort of fugue state where he's like, you know, he's like got Alzheimer's or something. He doesn't remember doing it and just hearing about it. Oh, it's it's, it's beautiful. I, uh, yeah, Junior is, uh, he's in trouble. He is in trouble. Um, so yeah, now, uh, just real quick, the real gangster of this episode, I would say monks, mm. I'm going to go with monks or Buddhism. Uh, also, I, mean, I don't know the most, I mean, the military industrial complex. Uh, dang it. Uh, I was I'm about sorry. to say that. I was so, <laughs> so proud of myself. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's, that is also good. Monks and, or the military industrial complex. Those are the real gangster of this episode. All right. I'm going to say the American healthcare system. America. Oh, very good. American healthcare (laughs) system. Absolutely. Uh, And finally, if I had to grade this episode and I could of course give it any grade that I want, um, I would give this one a B plus Vince. What would you give this episode? Ooh, tough one. You know, after a lot of deliberation, I'm going to go solid (laughs) B plus. Solid B plus. All right, Dave. What would you I'm give gonna, this episode if you had to give I'm, it a letter grade? I'm going to go do the uh, the pitchfork thing where I have one opinion, then uh, many years later I have a different one. <laughs> yeah. I think the original version of watching us live was probably a C plus episode for now uh, mm. uh, for me. Uh, I'd B plus because you you got to grade on a curve with this show. Sure, absolutely. And this is not one that I like return to again and again, but it just had a lot more power for me than than it did when I watched it the first time. Just you know, getting older makes you uh. Uh, I guess appreciate the Sopranos more. That's the plus. Yeah. Uh, but no, but really, just that all the stuff I was rambling about before about how good they are portraying the male helplessness that Tony mm. realizes he could have gone into had he not uh, done this his his awesome TV lifestyle. Right. Uh, beautifully handled. I just I just I really appreciate it now in a way I didn't when I was a young, dumb, handsome college kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same sees. So uh, yeah, I guess that averages out to a B plus episode of the Sopranos. And an A-plus episode of Pod Yourself a Gun. Dave Weigel, thank you so much for coming on our Sopranos podcast. Oh, Uh, no, it was fantastic to do it. Thanks for thinking of me for this. Of course. Thanks for doing it. Uh, Where can people find you uh, on the internet or in print publication? Uh, A couple places. Uh, Twitter is Twitter slash Dave Weigel. Uh, I write the campaign newsletter, the trailer for the Washington Post, uh, which is just look for my name on the Washington Post 
Uh, don't complain about paying for it. Uh, I'm <laughs> tired of people saying that. And actually, if you subscribe, subscribe to the newsletter, uh, guess what? You don't have to pay for it. So uh, yeah. no excuse. Stop stop complaining. And I have a Substack that's free mostly because I haven't written on it in a while. But uh, I'll get back to it. Um, that's the other thing you do when you're middle-aged is uh, that task I'm going to complete. Absolutely going to go back to that at some point. So before I die, <laughs> you will see updates at daveweigel.substack.com. So check out the Substack. Check out... Um, up-and-coming newspaper, the Washington Post. They're going to do big things. Um, and, uh, yeah, follow him on Twitter and uh, all of the socials. Patreon.com slash Frotcast for all of the bonus episodes uh, of the Frotcast and this show uh, in which we talk about things other than The Sopranos, like movies and shit. And, of course, the $8 tier gets you a shout-out. Vince, we have two new $8 patrons today. Oh, only two. Well, that's Only good. two. Last well, time I kind of ran out of steam doing 20. Yeah, so. last time was, the, the season break one was insane. That was way yeah, too many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the first one is Mark Brighton. Hey, Brighton. The, he's bright like a light bulb. We call this guy Edison. <laughs> oh, all right. Very good. Yeah. yeah. And lastly, Mark Euringer. Euringer. Sounds like a bit of uh, Euro trash. We're going to call this guy Lars. Uh, All right. <laughs> also, I got two sub nicknames since they're both named Mark. Uh, the first one's going to be Marky Uncle Johnny, and then the other one's going to be Marky Uncle Al. I love it. I love it. Marky Uncle Johnny, Marky Uncle, Uncle Al, a.k.a. Edison and Lars, thank you guys so much for joining the $8 tier. Pod yourself a shout out. And you can do that too if you just join our Patreon, patreon.com slash broadcast. Uh, broadcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, and concerns. Vince, what is the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everybody. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, don't stop believing. He's not Anthony Soprano He's not the boss of New Jersey He's not the criminal that I know He's some military tech or something He's at a bar in Costa Mesa He's losing his photo ID And now he's gone and switched his briefcase With a guy named Kevin Finnerty He's going down Filled with tips, he looks around. Who am I? Where am I going? His soprano in the ICU. The doctor says it's looking dire Tells them to talk to Tony more Carmella plays Tony some music And then she proceeds to talk like a whore Vito is competing with Bobby Polly's competing with him Polly buys Tony a boombox Chrissy says don't buy a boombox Chrissy buys a boombox He's going down 
Yeah, he's going south He's going down Two monks slapped him in The mouth is soprano In the ICU Yes, yeah, play that shit, you fucking idiot. Uh, yeah, I'm making my pussy hella wet. Ooh, mommy, my pussy. Go suck my dick, yeah, why don't you? Oh, yes, bitch. Why don't you just suck on my whole dick? Yeah, bitch, motherfucker. Lick it, lick, love, 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 my bone, bone. Soprano in the ICU Yeah, bitch, this is L.A. Matt Flap, flap, flapping that ass with that cat Me and John May are gonna have some fun And then when he and I both get done We're gonna lump some bum We're gonna eat some cum We're gonna get some STDs It'll be great We're gonna get gonorrhea Gonna get... Other ones like syphilis That's the clap Clap, clap, clap In that ass with that clap I also got other diseases I could listen, list <laughs> I got Fucking herpes, bitch Suck my dick Yes When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.